All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me here at the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. Um, at the Murdy Creative Company, we're relatively new into the market space, and we're working on developing the best leather journal binders that you could possibly buy. I'm Colin Murdy. I'm the founder of the company, and I started this all up. And today, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we got started. So some of it's back to my history. When I was in high school, I was in theater. I was in music. I did a lot of advanced um, courses, and I really enjoyed doing that. But I always really liked the artistic process of creating things. And I had an opportunity my high school senior year to be able to be part of a class called Experimental Art, which I totally did not understand what it was when I signed up for it. And it turned out to be an amazing opportunity. You know, it's it was a great opportunity to look at old types of artistic styles. We, we did uh, uh, derogotypes and screen printing and uh, press making and all of the other things. But one of the things we got into was bookbinding just briefly. Um, I'd started journaling when I was a sophomore in high school. My brother Marcus went off to college and he, my, he was my best friend and my worst enemy, as big brothers often are. And I missed him. I missed him dearly. And so I started writing notes to myself so I wouldn't forget to tell him what happened during my day when he got back. And so I started writing and I started doing my journaling and I got pretty good at it. You know, it wasn't every day, but that's the reality of journaling sometimes. And so I'd gotten interested in, in book binding when I was in, in high school because I was able to kind of create my own books. And um, interesting story though, I never used one of my own journals until the Murdy number no. five came around. It was the first journal that I actually liked and I liked enough to use. Every single other one was a failure in my mind. And you know, still to this day is sometimes when I look back. But I realize now how formative a lot of those early ones were. So I was in high school and I was doing my experimental artwork and I loved uh, making the books. And so I kind of continued to do that on my own. And the funny thing about bookbinding is it's such a cult. There are so many amazing, amazing artisans out there in the bookbinding space who you've never heard of and who you will never hear of because they are so good at what they do that they're quiet. A lot of times it's a, it's a skill that's passed on in secrets. You know, it's, you know, there was a, in my hometown, there was a judge who was a, you know, a big, big judge. And he uh, ended up being a, you know, closeted bookbinder. And him and I had, you know, opportunities to work on kind of training and teaching. And there was a lot of cool opportunities there. And the thing about bookbinding as well is that it's an ancient tradition, tradition with huge, very well-documented histories of how it was done in the past, what works, what doesn't. And the thing about it is, is it's a very interesting style of art. Now, the thing about bookbinding that I think is also important is that it, it's almost always a signature thing that you can develop yourself. Like all tra crafts and trades, just because it's been done a certain way in the past doesn't mean it can't be done differently now. And so I worked on developing my signature style and my my real technique. And, you know, it's funny, I started selling on Etsy pretty quick because I've always been um, under the impression that the best hobbies are the ones that can kind of pay for themselves. And leather as a material is very expensive, particularly good leather. If you really want to buy good leather, um, it's difficult. But, you know, here's some, some rules of thumb just to help you because I didn't know this when I got started and I've learned out. You want oil tan, veg tan is good, but veg tan is for a specific purpose. If you're gonna do a lot of stamping and dyeing later, veg tan can be better, but if you really want that classic um, leather feel of like a good thick leather jacket maybe, or something like that where it's that, or, or like a, a blacksmith's apron, those are almost always made out of oil tan, cowhide. You can get things like buffalo hide or deer hide, but the thing about buffalo is it's very thick and dense and it's very stiff a lot of times and it doesn't have a good texture underhand for 
you know, fashion apparels, unless you're doing something like maybe a cuff or a really industrial kind of belt style thing. Those are good for buffalo. Um, and deer skin's great for really, really soft apparel. Think moccasins, gloves, things like that. So cowhide, I think, was right in the between the two that I really enjoyed using it. Uh, cowhide also comes in, cows get big, which is important when you're looking on product development and design, because the bigger the cow, the better the, or the bigger the, the size of the leather, the bigger you can make a single sheet of thing out of, right? So we started with that and that ended up becoming a, a, a wonderful medium for me to work into. And I recommend five to six ounce um, thickness cowhide. I, I think that, you know, you can, while well, you can get that cheaper than that, you can have it be a little thinner or a little less. For most applications, five to six ounces, it feels sturdy, it is sturdy, it's gonna last forever, it's gonna be really durable, and it is more expensive, but that's the reality of working in high quality goods. So what ended up happening was, I had been making journals and selling them on Etsy for a couple of years, and now it's my senior year of college. I'd been the graduate assistant for uh, the Dean of the Business School, who'd been a very good mentor, a good friend of mine, and I, I wanted to give him a present. And knowing him and knowing his style, I knew that I had to make something that fit a couple of specific parameters. It had to be able to hold letter-sized paper. It had to be something that could remove and replace pages, but it really had to be something that was gonna be durable and was gonna really last under a lot of stress because he was always moving, always traveling, always going, right? He also had a big bag that he carried absolutely everything in it with him. And so it was important for me to be able to make something that was gonna be slim and thin. Didn't have a lot of extra fluff, but was to be able to fit anywhere. Well, that ended up kind of evolving into what became the Murdy number one. I'd already actually developed the number five at this point, and the number five came around in August. Actually, technically the Murdy number one came first. That was the first one. Number five came around shortly. I'd probably worked on designs for the number five. If I can remember correctly back. I'll have to go look at my notes because I do keep pretty accurate journal notes and I journal every day. But anyway, so I'd been working on developing this design for him and the design itself lent itself well to a lot of other applications because of which eventually is now what will become very shortly the the Murdy number one slim cut um and it was really supposed to be very sleek and i'd given it to him as a gift and he um he was very appreciative and actually it was funny he kind of became my first customer almost accidentally it was a gift for him and then he ended up asking if he could buy 30 more for the school's uh faculty for the, the school of business faculty and it kind of, that's how the, the company kind of got going, was me saying, wait a second, this design does have a lot of larger appeal. You know, but I think where the, the real strength of the company came from is in the fact that I'm a product guy first. I like the, the building of the product. The product design, the materials, all of those things have been so core to what I like and what I do that I think that's a, been a huge part of moving the ball forward in the rest of it because it's easy to market something that you yourself like. It's easy to market something that you yourself would use. And in my case, particularly, it's easy to market something that I am proud of. And I'm proud of the work I do. And that's why for us, the goal of the company has been to make the best designs with the best materials so that they'll last a lifetime. And I like that, I'll stand behind that. And I, that's why I read every review. I'm always constantly checking on the Instagram comments. I am responding constantly. If you're live chatting on our website, nine times out of 10, it's gonna be me on the other end of that live chat. That's where being able to, to be with the customers and talk with our clients has been so, so valuable because they actually provide feedback and insight that I never, ever would have thought of. A lot of our best designs have come out of, or the new designs that were coming down the, the pipeline here shortly have been just suggestions that people are like, you know, it'd be great if it could do this or, 
you know, I, I would love to buy it, but I just, I, I need to use it for this purpose. And I don't, I don't think it'll do that. And that's been great for us. So I think to be honest, where we got started in brief, just cause that's very brief was um, me making a gift for someone and then realizing that it had bigger, bigger opportunities than that. We've got a lot more. I'm hoping to do this podcast every day. I'm hoping to do just brief things. And I, it, the, the goal of my podcast is to cover a lot of the, the parts of this. You know, starting a business is always very interesting, very dynamic. There's so many decisions you have to make. There's a lot of history and time and moments in history that become important. And you don't realize them till hindsight. And I would love to talk more about each and every one of those. So please feel free to come back and learn more about how we got started initially. I think tomorrow I'm probably gonna talk about my first company and kind of how that, I'm not gonna say it failed, but how it sunsetted, what happened to it and what I learned briefly from that. I'm gonna try to keep each of these podcasts under 10 minutes, just so it can be a little thing for you to, to, to kind of understand and listen and for the new people, um, something you can binge pretty easily. So please feel free to continue to tune back in, leave your comments on Instagram, feel free, it's at Murdy Creative Co, uh, MurdyCreative.co I should say. Uh, feel free to comment on our website, www.murdycreative.co, on Facebook, same place, at murdycreative.co. We're everywhere. Um, you should be able, on our Instagram, you can hit the button text. <laughs> that goes right to my cell phone. So feel free to please reach out, contact me if you've got questions, concerns, if you want to know more, if you want to connect. I love to talk with people and I love to learn more about their thoughts on the product. So please feel free to reach out to me and uh, subscribe. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye.